ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with the tafsir of juz amma from the explanation of al-shaykh al-thaymin rahimahullah ta'ala last time we arrived at surah al-sharh alam nashrah laka sadrak wa wada'na anka wizrak alladhi anqada dhahrak wa rafa'na laka dhikrak فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرًا فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ We did the opening section last time. أَلَمْ نَشْرَحْ لَكَ صَدْرَكْ Have we not opened your breast for you, O Muhammad? أَيْنُ وَسِّعُهُ وَهَذَا الشَّرْحِ شرح معنوي ليس شرحا حسيا and as we mentioned last time here it is talking about opening up the breast of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in meaning not physically there are other incidents mentioned in the sunnah where the heart of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was opened up physically but here it is in reference to that in meaning, not physically. وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ And that we removed from you your burden. So we were in this opening section. And it had mentioned the hadith. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, جُعِلَتْ قُرَّةُ عَيْنِي فِي الصَّلَةِ That the coolness of my eye has been made in the prayer. And it's mentioned as well, whenever something used to concern the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Whenever something used to bother the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would say to Bilal radiyallahu an, he would say to him to do the adhan, to do the iqama, to establish the prayer. And he would say, arihna bisswalah, make us comfortable and give us some ease with the prayer. So the prayer brought ease and comfort to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it was the coolness of the eye of the messenger. And the coolness of the eye, qurratu ayn, means something that brings you joy. That's the coolness of the eye, the qurratu ayn, something that brings you joy. So the prayer brought the Prophet ﷺ joy and contentment and happiness and ease and comfort. إِذَنْ فَالشَّرْعَ فِيهِ ثِقَلٌ عَلَى النُّفُوسِ كَاجْتِنَابِ الْمُحَرَّمَاتِ فَبَعْضُ النَّاسِ يَهْوَى أَشْيَاءَ مُحَرَّمَةَ عَلَيْهِ كزنا وشرب الخمر وما أشبه ذلك فتثقل عليه ومن الناس من ينشرح صدره لذلك ويبتعد عما حرم الله وانظر إلى يوسف عليه الصلاة والسلام لما دعتهم رأة العزيز بعد أن غلقت الأبواب وقالت هيت لك وتهيأت له بأحسن ملبس وأحسن صورة والمكان آمن أن يدخل أحد غلقت الأبواب وقالت هيت لك قال معاذ الله استعاذ بربه لأن هذه 
حال حرجة شاب ومرأة العزيز ومكان خال وآمن والإنسان بشر ربما تسول له نفسه أن يفعل So an example here regarding how the soul of a person pushes that person to want the desires and an example is given of the righteous servant of Allah Yusuf alayhi salam when he was placed in that position that awkward position and difficult position when the wife of Al-Aziz she attempted to seduce him and she had locked the doors and she was in her good garments and in the best of appearance and the location, the place was secure, the doors were locked and so she invited Yusuf to perform that illegal act and so Yusuf alayhi salam he replied Allah that I seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sought refuge with Allah sought protection with Allah from Allah or in Allah sought protection in Allah from this situation and <coughs> What he found himself in, he was a young man at the time and the place was secure and empty and a person may end up falling into that whisper or falling into that desire and so he sought refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from that situation. And it's mentioned in a hadith في الصحيح عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال سبعة يظلهم الله في ظله يوم لا ظل إلا ظله إمام عادل وشاب نشأ في طاعة الله ورجل قلبه معلق بالمساجد ورجل دعتهم امرأة ذات منصب وجمال فقال إني أخاف الله ورجلان تحابا في الله اجتمعا عليه وتفرقا عليه ورجل تصدق بصدقة فأخفاها حتى لا تعلمه شماله ما تنفق يمينه ورجل ذكر الله خاليا ففاضت عيناه and that is a hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim that there are seven categories of people whom Allah, whom Allah will shade on a day when there is no shade save the shade of Allah from those seven categories or those seven categories are Imamun Adil, the just Imam, the just leader. Washabun Nasha'afitahatillah and a youth that was raised upon in his youthhood, raised upon the worship of Allah and the obedience of Allah. And a man, the third one, a man whose heart was connected and attached to the mosques. He loved to be in the mosque. And a man who was called by a woman of position and beauty, but he said, indeed, I fear Allah. And two men loved each other for the sake of Allah. And they came together for his sake and they departed for his sake. And a man who gave in charity and concealed it up until his left hand did not know what his right hand had given. 
and a man who remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in isolation and his eyes wept or the tears they fell from his eyes وَالشَّاهِدُ مِنْ هَذَا قَوْلُهُ رَجُلٌ دَعَتْهُمْ رَأَةٌ ذَاتُ مَنْصِبْ وَجَمَالٌ فَقَالَ إِنِّي أَخَافُ اللَّهِ So the point of that narration in specific is to highlight the section regarding one of the categories who was shaded on that day is the one who was invited by a woman of position and beauty, seduced by her, but he refused and said, Indeed, I fear Allah. فَشَرْحُ الصَّدْرِ لِلْحُكْمِ الشَّرْعِ مَعْنَاهُ قَبُولُ الْحُكْمِ الشَّرْعِ وَالْرِضَى بِهِ وَامْتِثَالِهِ So, your heart being opened up. The meaning of that is, in terms of the legislation... That your heart, your breast is opened up to the rulings of the legislation, meaning that you have an acceptance for the legislation and the rulings, and you are content and happy with the legislation and the rulings, and following the legislation and the rulings. وَأَنْ يَقُولَ الْقَائِلِ سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا and that a person says, we hear and we obey. وَأَنْتَ بِنَفْسِكَ أَحْيَانًا تَجِدُ قَلْبَكَ مُنْشَرِحًا لِلْعِبَادَةِ تَفْعَلُهَا بِسُهُولَةِ وَانْقِيَادٍ وَطُمَأْنِينَ وَرِضَى And a person, you will realize and experience. Sometimes you feel that open-heartedness, that open chest, whereby... It is easy for you to do worship and you feel contentment and joy and happiness at doing that worship. وَأَحْيَانًا بِالْعَكْسِ لَوْ لَا خَوْفُكَ مِنَ الْإِثْمِ مِنَ الْإِثْمِ مَا فَعَلْتِ And sometimes it's the opposite where you feel more restricted in your heart and find it more burdensome to do the worship and find it more tempting to fall into the sin, and was it not for the fear of that sin, then you do not do it. فَإِذَا كَانَ هَذَا الْإِخْتِلَافِ فِي الشَّخْصِ الْوَاحِدِ فَمَا بَالُكَ بِالْأَشْخَاصِ So if one person can have this difference in him, that sometimes you feel open, and desiring of worship, and stronger in iman, but sometimes you feel restricted in your heart, and more burden upon you to do that worship, that can occur within a person. So what therefore of all of the people, certainly they are going to be of these different types. أَمَّنْ شِرَاحُ الصَّدْرِ لِلْحُكْمِ الْقَدْرِ فَالْإِنسَانَ الَّذِي شَرَحَ اللَّهُ صَدْرَهُ لِلْحُكْمِ الْكَوْنِ تَجِدُهُ رَاضِيًا بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَقَدَرِهِ مُطْمَئِنًّا إِلَيْهِ So the second type of inshirahu sadr, your, your breast being open and upon happiness and contentment, the second type is with the, the decree in the universal sense, in the creational sense. Meaning that you are always content with the decree of Allah. That you are always content and comfortable with the decree of Allah. And you say, يَقُولْ أَنَا عَبْدُ وَاللَّهُ رَبٌّ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ And Allah is the Lord who does whatever He wishes. هَذَا الرَّجُلْ الَّذِي عَلَى هَذِي الْحَالِ سَيَكُونُ دَائِمًا فِي سُرُورِ a person who is upon this type of condition will always be upon happiness and he will not be overtaken by worry and grief and concern. He will of course feel the harm and the pain 
when some difficulty occurs in the decree, no doubt, he will feel that. But it will not cause him to become, uh, uh, to fall into a state of grief and concern and worry. وَلِهَذَا جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ الصَّحِيحِ أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامَ قَالَ and that's why it's mentioned in an authentic hadith that the Prophet said, عَجَبًا لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ إِنَّ أَمْرَهُ كُلَّهُ خَيْرٍ وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا لِلْمُؤْمِنِ إِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ ذَرَّاءٍ صَبَرَ فَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُ وَإِنْ أَصَابَتْهُ صَرَّاءٍ شَكَرَ فَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُ That how amazing is the affair of a believer all of his affairs are good for him. And that does not occur except for a believer. So the believer, when some harm afflicts him, he is patient and that is goodness for him. And when some goodness occurs for him, then he thanks Allah and is grateful and that is good for him. إِذَنْ شَرْحُ الصَّدَرِ يَعْنِي تَوْسِعَتُهُ وَتَهِيَتُهُ لأحكام الله شرعية الشرعية والقدرية لا يضيق بأحكام الله ضرعا إطلاقا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم له الحظ الأوفر من ذلك and so your chest being open in regards to the legislation and the rulings and the commandments and the prohibition and in terms of the decree and what occurs, the good and the bad, and you do not ever feel restricted with your heart in depression or sadness or grief or overly becoming concerned and worried about an affair. Rather, you are always upon contentment with the matters. And the greatest of all of the people who had this was our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلِهَذَا تَجِدُهُ أَتْقَ النَّاسِ لِلَّهِ And that's why you find the messenger was the most pious of the people, the one of greatest of taqwa to Allah. وَأَشَدَّهُمْ قِيَامًا بِطَاعَةِ اللَّهِ And he was the, the greatest of them, the most of all of the people in Establishing the obedience to Allah in performing the worship and obedience. وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ صَبْرًا عَلَىٰ أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ And the most greatest in patience upon the decrees of Allah. And that is well known and you see many examples in the sunnah. That the messenger was the greatest in the establishment of the worship. Like an example of that when Aisha radiallahu anha mentioned how the messenger used to pray the night prayer. That he used to pray until his feet became blistered or swollen. And so she would say, that why do you pray this long? Why pray so long in the night prayer? The feet become blistered and swollen. وَقَدْ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ And Allah has already forgiven for you your past and future sins. So the messenger said, أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا Should I not be a grateful servant to Allah? As Shaykh Al-Athameen, he said, sometimes the messenger would pray a third of the night, sometimes he would pray half of the night, sometimes he would pray two-thirds of the night. There or thereabouts. So as Shaykh Al-Athameen said, it can be reasonable, reasonable, that on some nights, if the night was 11 or 12 hours long, sometimes the night can be 11 or 12 hours long, it is reasonable to think that on some occasions the messenger used to pray Qiyamul Layl for 6 or 7 hours. 6 or 7 hours. Here now, Ramadan coming, Taraweeh, how long does it take? 1 hour, 1 and a half hours. Maybe two hours. But it's mentioned here, the Prophet ﷺ, sometimes the Shaykh Al-Athameen said it is reasonable to think that it would have been in real terms maybe around about seven hours. And you see some narrations reciting all of Al-Baqarah in one rak'ah. 
Al-Baqarah, recite all of that. It's a long, long recitation. Surah Al-Baqarah, 50 pages, more than 50 pages of the, of the Mus'haf. To recite all of that, take some time. And then Ali Imran, and then Al-Nisa, and then Al-Ma'idah. So it is reasonable to think, the Shaykh said, that sometimes the messenger would pray the night prayer, six or seven hours standing. And it is no wonder then the feet become swollen, standing that long, and even blistered from standing that long. So he was, أَشَدَّهُمْ قِيَامًا بِطَاعَةِ اللَّهِ وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ صَبْرًا عَلَىٰ أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ And the messenger was the greatest in his patience upon the decree of Allah. For example, the children of the Prophet ﷺ, all of the children of the Prophet ﷺ died in his lifetime except Fatima. All the other children, he experienced their deaths. Imagine a parent experiences the death of one child. Two, three, four, five, all of his children he experienced their deaths except Fatima. And yet he was patient when Ibrahim, his son, died. He said, indeed, the heart is grieving and the eyes, they shed tears. But we will not say, except what pleases Allah. فَكَانَ أَكْثَرَهُمْ صَبْرًا عَلَىٰ أَقْدَارِ اللَّهِ مَاذَا فَعَلَ النَّاسِ بِهِ حِينَ قَامَ بِالدَّعْوَةِ وَمَاذَا يُصِيبُهُمْ مِنَ الْأَمْرَاضِ Shaykh says, look at the examples of how much he had to be patient with the disbelievers when he was giving da'wah and the harm that they did to him. We came across previously one of the lessons, how they used to come and throw things onto him, the intestines of animals and come and throw them on him. And all of the things that he had to be patient upon and the sicknesses and the illnesses too. In his final illness, it is mentioned he was so ill that he was occasionally coming in and out of consciousness and that he had his cloth and he was raising it to his head and removing it. And so there was difficulty in that. And there were other things that occurred. The time when the Jewish person, the Jewish woman did magic upon him and he was seeing things that appeared to have occurred and in reality they had not occurred. As you say these days, like uh, imagining or hallucinating, seeing something and it's not actually occurring. So there were great things the messenger was patient upon. Uh, and it's mentioned in a hadith, in fact, yes, it is mentioned in a hadith that when he was ill, the pain of that illness was the amount that two people individually would have felt. Imagine now you being sick, and the, being sick at an extreme level with a lot of pain, a lot of pain, high level of pain. But it's mentioned about the messenger, he experienced double that. Two men's worth of that pain. يعني أن المرض يشدد يعني كرجلين منا So it's mentioned how the sickness was severe upon him to the extent of how much you would expect over two men. And that amount was occurring upon him alone. Um, and about the, uh, when he was ill at the time of, or prior to his death, وَحَتَّى أَنَّهُ شُدِّدَ عَلَيْهِ عِنْدَ النَّزْعِ عِنْدَ الْمَوْتِ عَلَيْهِ صَلَةُ وَالسَّلَامِ حَتَّى يُفَارِقُ الدُّنْيَا وَهُوَ أَصْبَرُ الصَّابِرِينَ So even in his uh, final illness, he had that extreme pain, an illness so that he died being from the best and the highest of the patient ones, died as one of the sabirin in that patience even at those final moments. So then Allah says, Alam nashrah laka sadarak wa wada'na anka wizarak that we then removed from you your burden, removed from you the burden. وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ وَضَعْنَاهُ أَيْ طَرَحْنَاهُ وَعَفَوْنَا وَسَامَحْنَا وَتَجَاوَزْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ أَيْ إِثْمَكَ That we have removed from you your burden. Meaning we have removed from you your sin. 
all sins forgiven. And of course we know the prophets and messengers do not fall into major sins anyway. And that it may be of some other small areas. And all of that is forgiven. All of that was removed. وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ Which had weighed down your back. Which had caused you a burden and a pain upon your back. لِأَنَّ الظَّهْرَ Because the back is the place where you carry things. مَحَلُّ الْحَمَلْ And so the burden is upon your back. فَإِذَا كَانَ هُنَاكَ حَمْلٌ يُتْعِبُ الظَّهْرِ فَإِتْعَابُ غَيْرِهِ مِنْ بَابِ أَوْلَى لِأَنَّ أَقْوَى عَضْوٍ فِي أَعْضَائِكَ لِلْحَمَلْ هُوَ الظَّهْرِ So it mentions the back in specific because from all of the body parts where you can carry weight, the back is the body part where you can carry the most weight. So here it mentions... الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ That burden which had weighed down your back, that we have removed it from you. And this is like in that narration of Aisha radiallahu anha when he used to pray the night prayer. قِيلَ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَهُوَ يَقُومُ اللَّيْلِ وَيُطِيلُ الْقِيَامِ حَتَّى تَتَوَرَّمَ قَدَمَاهُ أَوْ تَتَفَطَّرْ قِيلَ لَهُ أَتَصْنَعُ هَذَا وَقَدْ غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرْ فَقَالَ أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا إِذَا مَغْهِرَةَ الذُّنُوبَ الْمُتَقَدِّمَةَ وَالْمُتَأَخِّرَةَ ثَابِتَةَ بِالْقُرْآنِ وَالسُّنَّةِ وَهَذَا مِنْ خَصَائِصِ الرَّسُولِ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ لَا أَحَدٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ يُغْفِرُ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ إِلَّا الرَّسُولُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ So this is one of the specific things for the messenger that all and any past sins and future sins have been forgiven for him and that is only for the messenger. Nobody else it can be said about them. All of their past and future sins have been forgiven. As for other than the messenger, then they need to repent from the sin. And a person may sometimes be forgiven. Without making tawbah, if the sin is lesser than shirk. لكن الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام نجزم بأنه قد غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وما تأخر. But with the messenger, we can say absolutely with certainty that all of his sins were forgiven. فإن قال قائل But if a person was to say هذه الآية وَمَا سُقْنَاهُ شَاهِدًا لَهَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَدْ يُذْنِبْ فَهَلِ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم يذنب So the ayah indicates that the Prophet وسلم, may have fallen into some sins for them to have been removed. He must have initially fallen into some sins. Can the Prophet وسلم, fall into sins? الجواب نعم ولا يمكن أن نرد النصوص لمجرد أن نستبعد وقوع الذنب منه صلى الله عليه وسلم ونحن لا نقول شأن أن لا يذنب الإنسان بل شأن أن يغفر, أن يغفر للإنسان هذا هو المهم أن يغفر له أما أن لا يقع منه الذنب فقد قال, قال النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام كل بني آدم خطاء وخير الخطائين التوابون لا بد من خطيئة لكن هناك أشياء لا يمكن أن تقع من الأنبياء مثل الكذب والخيانة فإن هذا لا يمكن أن يقع منهم إطلاقا So yes, it is possible that minor affairs could occur from the prophets but the point isn't whether these minor affairs could occur or not the point is whether those affairs are forgiven or not. And with the Prophet ﷺ, we know that even if any minor affairs occurred, they were forgiven. And the Messenger said, Kullu bani Adam khatta. All of the sons of Adam fall into some error. Wa khayrul tawabun But the best of those who do fall into some error are the ones who repent. 
So that can occur. But the point is whether it is forgiven or not. And with the messenger, absolutely it is all forgiven and wiped. And then it must also be noted that these are only minor affairs. No major sins of any type. The messengers do not fall into lying or deception or treachery or betrayal. Those kinds of affairs, they do not occur from the messengers. The major sins do not occur from them. But some minor affairs that may have occurred. But the point is that the messenger was forgiven for all of that. لِأَنَّ هَذَا لَوْ فُرِضَ وَقُوعُهُ لَكَانَ طَعْنًا فِي رِسَالَتِهِمْ وَهَذَا شَيْءٌ مُسْتَحِيلٌ يَعْنِيَ الْكَذِبُ وَالْخِيَانَةِ So if these major sins were possible for the prophets and messengers, then that would be a clear disparagement of their uh, message that they conveyed to us. If it was possible that they could lie and fall into lying or betrayal or deception, then they are no longer trustworthy upon the risala, upon that message that they conveyed. So it cannot be that they fall into major sins. They do not fall into the major sins whatsoever. وَسَفَاسِفُ الْأَخْلَاقِ مِنَ zina, And also from the degraded actions and behaviors like fornication and the likes, they would never fall into any of these matters. لِأَنَّهُ يُنَافِي أَصْلَ الرِّسَالَةِ فَالرِّسَالَةِ إِنَّمَا وُجِدَتْ لِتَتْمِيمِ مَكَارِمِ الْأَخْلَاقِ So those kinds of disgraceful acts the messengers would never fall into because the very basis of the revelation is, as the messenger said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُ لِأُتَمِّمَ مَكَارِمَ الْأَخْلَاقِ That indeed I have been sent to perfect the mannerisms. فَالْحَاصِلْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى وَضَعَ عَنْ مُحَمَّدْ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وِزْرَهُ وَبَيَّنَ أَنَّ هَذَا الْوِزْرِ قَدْ أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَهُ أَيْ أَقْضَهُ So it was mentioned how these minor affairs that were weighing down upon the Prophet wasallam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed that burden from him that was weighing down upon his back. وَإِذَا كَانَ هَذَا وِزْرَ الرَّسُولِ عَلَيْهِ صَلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ فَكَيْفَ بِأَوْزَارِ غَيْرِهِ And if that's what it was in regards to the messenger, that these minor affairs were weighing down upon his back, then what therefore of the sins and the mistakes that the rest of us we fall into, and how much they are weighing down upon our backs. But the shaykh says, despite us carrying much more than that, وَلَكِنْ كَأَنَّنَا لَمْ نَحْمِلْ شَيْئًا But it's as though we don't perceive anything. As though we are carrying nothing on our backs. That we do not have any care or concern for those sins. And they do not weigh us down. But the smallest of affair would weigh down upon the back of the messenger. وَذَلِكَ لِضَعْفِ إِيمَانِنَا وَبَصِيرَتِنَا وَكَثْرَةِ غَفْلَتِنَا and that is because of the weakness of our iman and insight and because of the great amount of negligence that we fall into. Sheikh said, we ask Allah that he will deal with us with his pardoning. وَأَنَّ الْمُنَافِقِ إِذَا أَذْنَبَ ذَنْبًا صَارَ عِنْدَهُ كَذُبًا بَقْعَ عَلَىٰ أَنْفِهِ فَقَالَ بِهِ هَكَذَا And it's mentioned in some narrations in Al-Bukhari from Ibn Mas'ud, Kitab al-Da'wat, Bab al-Tawbah, that a believer when he commits a sin, it is like a mountain above his head. That's how you view the greatness of what you've done. It is a huge burden upon you like a mountain upon your head. That sin that you've committed. That's how you see it. Whereas the munafiq, when he commits that sin, it is of no consequence to him like a fly that comes upon him and he squats it away. With no care or concern for it, gets rid of it, gone, pushes it away, squats it away, and that's it. No concern to that affair. 
no importance to that affair. That is how the hypocrites, they think of their misdeeds. يعني أنه لا يهتم فالمؤمن تهمه خطاياه وتلحقه الهموم حتى يتخلص منها بتوبة واستغفار أو حسنات جليلة تمحو آثار هذه سيئة But a believer when he commits a sin he feels that burden upon himself and he recognizes that burden and that worry and concern for that wrong that he fell into until he can free himself of that burden by repenting and seeking forgiveness or by doing the righteous deeds that will wipe out that bad deed. وَأَنْتَ إِذَا رَأَيْتَ مِنْ قَلْبِكَ الْغَفْلَةِ عَنْ ذُنُوبِكَ فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّ قَلْبَكَ مَرِيضٍ And if you are of the type whereby your sins do not matter to you, and your sins don't cause you any issue, and no concern and no worry, then the shaykh says, know that your heart is sick. Know that there is an illness in your heart then. لِأَنَّ الْقَلْبَ الْحَيْءِ لَا يُمْكِنْ أَنْ يَرْضَى بِالْمَرَضِ وَمَرَضُ الْقُلُوبِ هِيَ الذُّنُوبِ And a heart that is alive, cannot possibly be content and happy with an illness upon it. And what are the illnesses of the hearts? The illnesses of the hearts, they are the sins. They are the sins. فَيَجِبُ عَلَيْنَا أَن نَهْتَمَّ بِأَنفُسِنَا وَأَنُّحَاسِبَهَا So we have to look after ourselves, give concern to our affair, and hold ourselves accountable. وَإِذَا كَانَ تُجَّارِ لَا يَنَامُونَ حَتَّى يُرَاجِعُ دَفَاتِرَ تَجَارَتِهِمْ مَاذَا صَرَفُوا وَمَاذَا أَنْفَقُوا وَمَاذَا كَسَبُوا فَإِنَّ تُجَّارَ الْآخِرَ يَنْبَغِي أَنْ يَكُونُوا أَشَدَّ اهْتِمَامًا لِأَنَّ تِجَارَتَهُمْ أَعْظَمْ And the Sheikh gives an example. He says, businessmen, businessmen, every night they can't sleep until they check over their accounts. How much have they spent? How much profit have they made? What was the gross? What was the net? They can't go to sleep until they've checked everything. The income, the expenses, the profits. Has it been successful or not? Until they've checked all of those things and made sure everything is in order, they can't fall asleep. And the sheikh says, a person who is doing the business for the afterlife, should have even more concern with his records and what he's doing and what is in and what is out with his actions. Should have even more concern for that affair because his business, the business of the afterlife, is far greater than the business of the dunya. فَتِجَارَةُ أَهْلِ الدُّنْيَا غَايَةُ مَا تُفِيدُهُمْ إِنْ أَفَادَتْهُمْ وَإِتْرَافُ الْبَدَنْ فَقَطْ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ هَذِهِ التِّجَارَ يَلْحَقُهَا مِنَ الْهَمِّ وَالْغَمِّ مَا هُوَ مَعْلُومٌ The business of this world, the most you're going to get out of it is your profits, etc. that give you some luxury. You get your money and your profits out of it and you afford some luxury for yourself in this world. And that is if you even profit and are able to afford some luxury. And the Shaykh says, we know a person engaged in business, how much worry and concern is always on that person's mind. I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to buy these, I've got to sell those. How much concern is always on that mind. And if he loses out on a particular item, a product, doesn't sell it for profit, becomes very concerned with that. And uh, other affairs of business and trade, and he looks into that and is always concerned about those things. So a person who is thinking about the afterlife, and his business is in relation to the afterlife, then he needs to give much more focus on those affairs, much more focus on the matters of the afterlife than a tradesman would do for the matters of this world.
Then the final few ayat, we'll just round them off. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ That verily we have, or indeed, or and, and we have raised high your fame. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ That we have raised your mention, raised your fame or your mention awalan li'annahu yarfa'u dhikrahu 'inda kulli salatin fi a'la makan wa dhalika fi al-adhan and the the manner by which the mentioning of the messenger has been elevated one the adhan in the adhan you mention ashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu wa rasulullah in the adhan that is mentioning of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the adhan when you do the adhan, and secondly, يرفعوا ذكره يرفعوا ذكره في كل صلاة فرضا في التشهد, and also in every prayer when you do the tashahud, then you are mentioning the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and sending the prayers and salutations upon him, and thirdly, يرفعوا ذكره عند كل عبادة فكل عبادة مرفوع فيها. ذكر الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وذلك لأن كل عبادة لا بد فيها من شرطين أساسيين هما الإخلاص والمتابعة للرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام. And also in every act of worship you do, then the mention of the messenger is elevated in that because every act of worship you do, it is upon sincerity to Allah and it must be upon Following the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so three methods by which the mention of the messenger is elevated and raised, and then at the end, فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى هَذَا بَشَارَةٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِّ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَلِسَائِرِ الْأُمَّةِ وجرح على الرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام عصرا حينما كان بمكة يضيق عليه وفي الطائف وكذلك أيضا في المدينة من المنافقين. So Allah says verily along with every hardship is relief. And this was a consolation and a glad tidings for the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم from the difficulties that he faced. In Mecca and in Ta'if and even in Medina from the hypocrites. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى For indeed with every difficulty, with every hardship is relief. يعني كما شرحنا لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك وهذه نعم عظيمة كذلك هذا العسر الذي يصيبك لا بد أن يكون له يسر. That just like we opened up your breast and we removed from you your burden and we elevated your remembrance or your, your praise and your, your station, then just like all of those affairs, we also bring you ease out of the difficulty that afflicts you. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Ibn Abbas said, لَنْ يَغْلِبَ عُسْرٌ يُسْرَيْنَ that one calamity or hardship cannot be overcome by two forms of ease. One calamity cannot be overcome by two forms of ease. وَتَوْجِيهُ كَلَامِهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَعَ أَنَّ الْعُسْرِ ذُكِرَ مَرَّتَيْنِ وَالْيُسْرِ ذُكِرَ مَرَّتَيْنِ قَالَ أَهْلُ الْبَلَاغَةِ تَوْجِيهُ كَلَامِهِ أَنَّ الْعُسْرِ لَمْ يُذْكَرْ إِلَّا مَرَّ وَاحِدَةً فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى الْعُسْرُ الْأَوَّلُ أُعِيدَ فِي الثَّانِيَ بِأَلْ فَأَلْ هُنَا لِلْعَهْدِ الذِّكْرِ وَأَمَّا يُسْرَ فَإِنَّهُ لَمْ يَأْتِ مُعَرَّفًا بَلْ جَاءَ مُنَكَّرًا وَالْقَاعِدَةُ أَنَّهُ إِذَا كُرِّرَ الْإِسْمَ مَرَّتَيْنِ بِصِيغَةِ التَّعْرِيفِ فَالثَّانِي هُوَ الْأَوَّلُ إِلَّا مَا نَدِرَ وَإِذَا كُرِّرَ الْإِسْمُ مَرَّتَيْنِ بِصِيغَةِ التَّنْكِيرِ فَالثَّانِي غَيْرُ الْأَوَّلِ So Ibn Abbas, he said, two forms of ease will never overcome one hardship. But then how do we understand that when actually here it's mentioned hardship twice and ease twice? 
Both are mentioned twice. However, Ibn Abbas says one calamity will never be uh, will never be able to override two forms of ease. That's because you notice the difficulty. Al-Usr in both ayat is mentioned with the alif and lam. Al-Usr, Al-Usr. Whereas the Yusr is mentioned without alif and lam. And there's a grammatical explanation the Sheikh mentioned, basically saying that the word, if it is repeated with al, then that is to indicate a recognition of what that word is. You recognize and you realize what the meaning of that word is, and it's the same word. So the two with the al on them mean the same one. Whereas without the al, a word that is repeated without the al on it, then it is independent each time. So the yusr, they are two different ones, two different forms of ease. Whereas al-usr, al-usr with the alif and lam means it is only one, it is the same. Hence, it is two forms of ease and only one form of calamity or difficulty being mentioned here. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى هَذَا الْكَلَامِ خَبَرٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَخَبَرُهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى أَكْمَلِ الْأَخْبَارِ صِدَقًا وَوَعَدُهُ لَا يُخْلَفْ فَكُلَّمَا تَعَصَّرَ عَلَيْكَ الْأَمْرِ فَانْتَظِرِ التَّيْسِيرِ And this is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a hardship would never be able to overcome two forms of ease. Meaning therefore that when some hardship overcomes you, some difficulty, some hardship, some calamity, then be patient knowing that the ease will come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَمَّا فِي الْأُمُورِ شَرْعِيَّ فَظَاهِرِ فَفِي الصَّلَاةِ صَلِّ قَائِمًا فَإِنْ لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَقَاعِدًا فَإِنْ لَمْ تَسْتَطِعْ فَعَلَى جَمْ فَهَذَا تَيْسِيرٌ So, Allah's given you ease in your affairs. Legislatively, for example, if you cannot stand and pray, then you have the ease that you can sit and pray. And if you cannot sit and pray, you have the ease you can lie down and pray. So that is the ease given to you in the legislative sense. Also with fasting, when a person is traveling or a person is sick, there are lots of different types of ease mentioned in different forms, in different examples in the sharia where an excuse or an ease is given to a person, a license, a permission is given to miss something. The rukhsa, inna Allah yuhibbu an tu'ta rukhasuhu. Allah loves that you take those permissions that he gives. Then at the end, it mentions, فَإِذَا فَرَغَتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ so when you have finished your occupation, devote yourself for Allah's worship and to your Lord alone, turn all your intentions and hopes. Meaning that when you finish one occupation, one thing that you're doing and engaged in, you finish from that, then move on to the next one. And do not make your time wasted. And that's why the life of an intelligent person is a life of earnestness. Uh, whenever you finish some job or occupation or whatever is preoccupying you, then you move on to the next thing. وَهَكَذَا لِأَنَّ الزَّمَنْ يَفُوتُ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ فِي حَالِ يَقِضَتِهِ وَمَنَامِهِ وَشُغْلِهِ وَفَرَاغِهِ Because time, it passes you by. Whether you are awake or asleep or preoccupied or free, time is passing you by. يَسِيرُ وَلَا يُمْكِنْ لِأَحَدًا يُمْسِكَ الزَّمَنْ It is passing by and nobody can take a hold and stop time. لَوْ اجْتَمَعَ الْخَلْقُ كُلُّهُمْ لِيُوقِفُ الشَّمْسِ if all of the people got together to try and stop the sun, to elongate time, they would not be able to do so. So nobody can get a hold of time. Time is passing you by. 
إذا فراغت من عمل فانصب إلى عمل آخر وإذا فراغت من عمل الدنيا عليك بعمل الآخرة وإذا فراغت من عمل الآخرة اشتغلت بأمر الدنيا فإذا قضيت الصلاة يوم الجمعة فانتشر في الأرض وابتغي من فضل الله So when a person finishes one thing, move on and do the next. Do not waste your time. When you finish your affair of the dunya, your work, then move on to your ibadah and your worship. And when you finish from that, you can go back and do some worldly matter. Meaning all the time you are engaged and preoccupied and you're not allowing this life, the time to be wasted within it. And the example is given about the Jum'ah prayer. When you finish a Jum'ah prayer, then go out and seek your business and seek from the favors of Allah. فَإِذَا قَالَ قَائِلْ لَوْ أَنَّنِي اسْتَعْمَلْتُ الْجِدْ فِي كُلِّ حَيَاتِ لَتَعِبْتُ وَمَلَلْتُ A person may say, but if I was so serious about my time, all the time in my life, in the end I would get bored and tired and I wouldn't be able to keep it up. قُلْنَا إِنَّ اسْتِرَاحَتَكَ لِتَنْشِيطِ نَفْسِكَ وَيَعَادَةِ النَّشَاطِ so we say if you take breaks then that break that you take on purpose is a means of refreshing your energy and so that is useful uh, time your time is being used usefully there that you're taking a break for the purpose of uh, recuperating and re-energizing yourself to be able to then do your worship وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ يعني إذا عملت الأعمال التي فرغت منها ونصبت في الأخرى فارغب إلى الله عز وجل في حصول الثواب وفي حصول الأجر وفي الإعانة كن مع الله عز وجل قبل العمل وبعد العمل قبل العمل كن مع الله تستعينه عز وجل وبعده ترجو منه الثواب So uh, seek your reward or turn to your Lord in all your intentions and hopes Meaning that with all of the actions that you do, then seek your reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek your aid and assistance from Allah, seeking the help from Allah. And then after you've done your actions, seeking the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon those actions. So that is a summarized tafsir of... This particular chapter, we summarized some of the sections here of the explanation, but that is a general overview of this particular surah. So that will be the last one that we do for now, uh, and then the next time we carry on, inshallah ta'ala, is going to be after Ramadan. There will be no classes for this uh, tafsir during Ramadan. After Ramadan, inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on with the next chapter from this. So we'll conclude upon that for today then. Time for the prayer is here.